Hi. Hello. Hello. How you doing? So good. (laughs) Welcome back to the Wine About Birth podcast. We are three birth professionals. And best friends. And we're here to talk about what it's really like to live in the world of birth. (laughs) It's not all glitter and rainbows. Or as we like to say, it's a lot more shit than giggles. I'm Kim Haynes, midwife at a busy birth center and small home birth practice. I'm Meredith Rowell, also a midwife at the same small home birth practice. And I'm Jess McKee. I'm a doula for clients in and out of the hospital and also a birth assistant at our lovely out-of-hospital practice. Sorry, I was trying to figure out how to say clip pit in our intro and I couldn't figure <laughs> it out. So instead of saying clip pit in our intro, you should just right tell the story. <laughs> we're all struggling real hard to start recording today. <laughs> so we're sitting here and I was telling Kim and Jess that I'm not wearing deodorant. Sorry, not sorry, because I have a bit of a rash on my underarm. (laughs) And we all know how I am notorious for having itchy underarms when I get stressed. Yeah, I was just trying to say that she caught Jessica's pit Pit. syphilis. Somehow but, that translated into no. first she said you you have just as clit <laughs> and then she laughed and then she said <laughs> then she said she tried to say clit pit I think and she it didn't said, come out and it no. came out <laughs> she said Jess's pit clitter <laughs> clittery clitter I gave up but I was trying to say pit syphilis which look how easy it's coming out now which for the record I do not have syphilis in my pits or anywhere else and if you do have syphilis that's also fine because they make antibiotics antibiotics for that that now so totally (laughs) treat yourself (laughs) treat yourself (laughs) but I don't I don't know why it was so funny when I was trying to say it because you said I thought I have her clit and, and anytime you try to say the word pit, you said clit. And you said pit glitter. So <laughs> Whatever. I don't know how that could not be funny. Um, but I oh. will put it out there that my underarms are itchy again. So I must be stressed without realizing it. But they're getting less itchy because the weather's warm. So my stress level's going down. I feel like this is the first day in a while that we haven't been outside when it's nice outside. We've been doing pretty good. It's actually right. not that nice out. It's, it's cold. It's true. It's cold. It looks so nice. Yeah. And so um, we've had an interesting week, had some births. Um, I only had one. I was going to say, I think we only had your one. That's right. (laughs) We had an interesting week because we went and frolicked in the woods for a while. That was fun. That was a lot of fun. Oh my gosh, that was so much fun. I also Um, have multiple cuts on my hand that I shoved into that rusted bus. So we'll see what (laughs) happens. So you might get tetanus is what you're saying. If Meredith gets lockjaw during this episode... (laughs) We're going to blame it on the old rusted bus. Blame it on the bus. Or the pit syphilis. <laughs> one or the other. It's one it's or the other. Whatever. God, Meredith, how'd you get my pit syphilis? What were we doing? <laughs> so today we are talking about... Um, holding space, which is not what we're doing right now. <laughs> holding space and birth. We do, but we hold space for each other constantly all the time all i'm just thinking about how we like tell our clients that this isn't always who we are like at birth we're actually really good at bringing it down a notch and just like being really present but you would never guess it based on the last conversation we just had that's true but we are so like holding space is super important in regular life all the time and i feel like if i didn't have you guys to hold space for me because i feel like a lot of times when people like come to you with a problem or they're going through something hard you always want to like people have a tendency to always want to try and fix it yeah i'm gonna solve it yeah solve the problem and a lot of times that's not what we actually need we just need somebody to hold space for us and love us and listen to us Mm -hmm. while we go through that stressful situation while we Mm -hmm. complain i think jess is actually the best at it because as her like sweet nine self she doesn't want to cause conflict by fixing it like and causing like any tension so she's just such a good listener i don't want to give you bad advice (laughs) so i'm just gonna give you no advice you're such a good listener or even kim Kim just says she's gonna punch whoever's offending you and i'm the opposite (laughs) i'm like well blah 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 or well i don't know why they can't do this fix your shit And then I'm like, God, that sounds like it's so easily fixable. And that's not what I'm saying. Usually, usually Kim's version of holding space is she says what comes out of her mouth first. And then she's like, oh, I'm realizing now that that was a lot. Here's what I really should say. And then she has to moonwalk out of it like Nick from New Girl. But but now I know 
that I'm doing it. Yeah. So my next step will be to not initially say what comes to my mind first and then only what comes next. Well, what you say initially is helpful. It's just not necessarily what you lead with. Tactful. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, it's a follow through. Yeah. Gotcha. So, but, but <laughs> the way that we all communicate with each other helps because I'm usually just like, oh, tell me how you feel about that. And Kim's just like, that sounds effing stupid. And <laughs> yeah. then Meredith's like, that's not helpful, Kim. I'm just not going to talk to you right now. And then Kim comes back and is like, so I realized I was doing that thing again. So now I just, I'm just, I'm just going to listen to what you have to say. It's actually really nice. It's just like a nice flow. I would like to acknowledge that I'm the only person that you guys have to do that for. Whenever you guys need space, you're just like, I'll just take whatever again. That's fine. Exactly. <laughs> We're not picky about our validation or how it comes. No. <laughs> we sugarcoat your validation. Oh man. Remember that one time that I did it? <laughs> band camp <laughs> band camp <laughs> but it was so bad that by the time you got to my house the way you walked in my front oh, door was she like was it, I, it, it's like you were a viking and if you had a sword you would have lopped my head off with it <laughs> and then you were like don't talk to me and i wasn't allowed to talk yeah. to her for. i like, don't know why i would walk into your house if i didn't want to talk to you i don't know why you, you had to we had door. to record <laughs> oh Mer- yeah meredith sits down and she's like I'm so upset right now, so we're just going to record and we're not going to talk about this. You know what the best part about this is? I don't even remember what the fuck we were, I was upset about. I do, but I'm I not going to remind you. <laughs> See, though, I have to say, I might be intense in the moment, but I will let that shit go so hard <laughs> to the point where I won't even remember. So, so this stuff happens in normal life all the time, but the way our personalities work also translates to birth. And so regardless of like what your personality is and how you handle things holding space and birth is very important and it's something that's really hard to learn um it is really hard to do i was gonna i was thinking before you said that i was like wow like it must the cool thing about birth is that when you do the kind of work we do where you trust birth it's really easy to like let go of the fears and the like staying on top of what's going on every single second to step back and like hold space. Mm-hmm. But I actually, I realized as I was saying that, that I think even my first birth, like there's just something about the power of birth and like that unique space that it might be difficult for certain pa- personalities to hold space. But I feel like in an inherently birth is a space that's really easy to sink into. Yeah. And no especially like to at. some people it comes more naturally than others, but I know it took me a while to learn because especially as a doula I don't know if it's so much as a midwife because I feel like midwives are kind of like more expected to like come in and check on the baby and and then girl I know I have to turn that down I'm sorry and and then like (laughs) to then step back out again whereas for me for as a doula there's some births that I get hired on and it's like they really need something all the time so I feel more important if I need to be doing something constantly to help you. Mm -hmm. But ultimately, our goal in birth is to make you feel like you did it, Mm -hmm. not that we did it. Mm -hmm. And so that's really hard to do because sometimes when I go to those births where people are just rocking and rolling and they don't need anything... I it's hard to sit on your hands because then you feel like you're not doing anything useful. But there's still those births where people are like just being there and being positive and saying positive things helps people so much. So it reminds us of how important it is to just hold space. Yeah. How many times have you like, oh, it was so different because you were there. It's like I did absolutely nothing. <laughs> I didn't do a damn thing. Thank you. <laughs> so I should we like kind of give it i know there's no definition for it but for people who don't really understand what we're talking about about holding space like what do you what do you think like the definition of that would be and i think that in order to hold space you have to figure out first what the space is and every laboring mom like every human has a different energy Mm -hmm. so being able to kind of like shut yourself off for a minute and feel what's happening around you which we all know when that doesn't happen. Yeah. I've done it several times. Yeah. Like a Jen's birth. When you walk in and you're excited and you start to talk and then you realize that you just completely shattered the envi- like the energy that was around you. Yeah. So I think holding space, step one, what's the energy flow mm-hmm. around you? And then just kind of find your way into it and yeah. just make sure it stays that way. You know what I mean? Or if you walk in and the energy is off. 
Um, so if, if a, a laboring mom is feeling really defeated or if she has members of her birth team, like family members or something who are being negative or anxious scared or, or anxious, finding a way to, with the least intervention possible, just like in birth, to shift that energy into a more positive one to help the moms. Because I find ultimately when you're holding space people mirror us so if we're holding space in a positive way and it's not about us and it's all about them that their birth goes better Mm -hmm. because even if you're doing nothing physical at all that holding of space allows their births progress at a more natural normal pace because they feel more comfortable and empowered and and that's ultimately what we want is to empower women to have their own births yeah I think of holding space as like in a more general context of just like acknowledging transition so like I feel like when holding space is most necessary is when people are in transitions in life whether that be birth or death or like life changes that are really like influential and I so I feel like birth like falls into that but it's just acknowledging that something really big is happening. And by setting that foundation of intention, I feel like it eases people into that next chapter a lot more smoothly. So what are some things that we can like do, like tell people like to, if they're listening to this, like ways, how can you walk into a room if this is something you're not used to, to help hold space for a laboring mom or even in other situations, like people that are, you know, getting ready to pass or like, what are some things that we can do? Because I feel like as a culture, we really always want to make it about us. Like we tend to be very egocentric. And so what? <laughs> never. <laughs> yeah. Uh-huh. So, and so how do we take our ego out of it so that we can be fully present there while trying to make the space as helpful as possible for other people? I think um, a hard lesson for me to learn just with my personality um, is that it's not all, it, it doesn't always have to be bubbly and fun. It doesn't always have to be awesome and it doesn't always have to be like happy. So that was, it was easy to learn with the Scientology group because I wasn't allowed to speak. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so gagging myself was super helpful Yeah, <laughs> and really hard to do, but like, keeping the energy where it should be no matter what's going on around you mm-hmm. is helpful. So if you walk in mm-hmm. and, and I've seen new birth workers not be able to do this yes. is someone starts to like freak out. Miles an hour. Yeah. And then they, so then they start to freak out a little bit and then they're bouncing off each other and it's going through the roof and it's like, Whoa. Mm-hmm. So just being able to walk in and like talk quietly, it's like, it's the same as like with a kid that's freaking out. Like yeah. you just need to walk in there with, the kind of energy that you know works mm-hmm. for birth. And that's hard to do sometimes when you're like me and you're like, yeah, yeah, let's just go in and have a baby. Woo. And then everyone's like not there. Yeah. And it's like, Oh, this is not one of those births. And so I, I think a lot of those pictures that you see of like almost all home birth midwives or whatever. And you'll just see these pictures of a mom, like in a birth tub or laboring on a bed. And the midwives are just like sitting nearby on like a couch or a birth mm-hmm. ball. And they all have like this similar, like peaceful, happy look on their face and they're not doing anything. They're just sitting and watching and being quiet and smiling. And so I think that's so much part of it is staying grounded yourself. Mm-hmm. Who is the birth work? Um, well, Karen Strange does feel your feet. Yeah. Feel your feet. But there was another birth thing that we listened to um where she was like and everybody is just like concentrating on the hole and putting so much energy towards the hole i think that was karen strange too fixating on the hole and it's like (laughs) take the energy away from that and like back away expand it out and like just be like calm yourself take some deep breaths be calm, realize. And and I think she said like sitting on your hands or somebody else who says like practice sitting on your hands and doing nothing. I think you're mixing up two different. I am. I can't remember who they are, but half of it. I'm like, I was totally there for that. And the other half, I'm like, never heard it. (laughs) (laughs) Never heard that before. (laughs) So it's like, we want to do as little as possible, but also do the things we can do to help. But give the mom as much power as possible too. Right. Yeah. I want to like, for me, one of the things that I always think about is ceremony and whether or not like that has a place mm-hmm. in birth spaces. And I have to say 
the vast majority of births I go to don't really have a ton of ceremony to them and they're beautiful and they're perfect but there have been some where if the mom has like a small shrine or just some kind of like touchstone or something to like channel that energy into it can really make a safe feel a lot space or a space feel a lot safer and intentional so that goes along with something i know i've talked about before and it's learning your mom before not your mom but the mom that you're helping mm-hmm. your mom <laughs> your mama <laughs> before you even get into the birth space so if you've already gotten to know her and you know what her religious beliefs are then you can help support her to feel safe because like we've talked about in different cultures um, or different religions, you could say something that to you would be super comforting, comforting, but to that mom. But if you offer certain people an artifact <laughs> to hold, <laughs> I don't think they're going to like that a whole lot. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So it's yeah, like it's definitely something like it's if not you something offer, that you walk into a birth space <laughs> that you don't know and be like, let me set this up for you. And it's if you, you kind of have to know what if you offer a healing are. crystal shrine to a Christian, they might not be as like happy about it. And shrine like, or if you hand rosary so beads to a pagan, they're probably not going to enjoy it. And I know that I'm just going to light this candy to candy. Yeah, this candle. I can't talk today of our holy Mother Mary. Yeah, <laughs> read, read your crowd. But but if you like have intentional conversations about it before the birth, and you kind of have an idea of what might be meaningful to them, it can be really helpful. You said rosary beads, and I started thinking of the candy necklaces, which is why I just said that. (laughs) All I can think of is those candy thongs. Do you see how this happens? And her brain just goes. (laughs) Rolls and rolls. It's gone now. It's gone. (laughs) Yeah, and so and and that also comes to play because like some um, birth workers are very religious, and for them, prayer is super helpful. But then they might have clients who it's not helpful for. So like some like that happened to me in my birth where my midwife wanted to pray for me, and I was like, "This isn't helpful," but you don't want to say anything. Um, But then for other clients, that would be so helpful. So it's like understand who your client is Mm -hmm. or ask them if it would be helpful. Like, yeah. You know, I was going to say it's their space. Like you're not yes. creating a space for yourself or well, what I'm you not... perceive would be like helpful. It's about what your client needs. I don't have certain beliefs, but I still like when people pray for me. <laughs> and so you could tell us that yeah. if you were a laboring mom. Please do. I've had people say, I'm really sorry, but my daughter was praying for you at, at dinner last night. And I was like, what? never be sorry. Yeah. I will take also, all the prayer I can get. Their child felt so bad for you. I know. <laughs> like, pray please pray for an crazy crazy midwife kid she needs all the help she can get the one you were at their birth and she they were doing their um dinner prayer so they were Mm -hmm. saying grace and she's like and thank you for our midwife and i was like stop that's adorable anyway yes so yes ask Yes, ask them what their beliefs are. Or just pray for me across the board, whoever's (laughs) listening. If you go to a birth and try to pray for them and they don't want it, pass it to Kim. Just pass it to me. (laughs) I'll always take it. (laughs) I think these prayers I don't know about is what gets me through my life. So another thing that people tend to do that I've seen um, that is not helpful for holding space is they walk into a birth space and they want to use it to validate their own life decisions. And so it's like... And I've seen this with new birth workers a lot, too. So and like, much. Like, oh, at my birth, this happened. At my birth, that happened. Um, this is, and like, they, they use it as, as a portal This isn't like for, my birth. It's not your birth. Mm-hmm. This is not your birth. So if you could stop it, that would be awesome. People always used to ask me, like, do you feel like not having a child, like, takes away from your experience as a birth work? And I was like, I think sometimes it works in my favor because it means I'm not projecting, like, my own experiences yeah. onto every birth I attend. I used to also feel that way when I was a birth worker without kids that I was like, I was open to everybody's experience, how they said they experienced it. Yeah. I know. Sorry, you said the word open. It just, <laughs> oh. I was like, I'm not holding space for you right now because I'm using what you said to talk about myself. <laughs> <laughs> but that's what I'm over here. This. like uh, laughing because you said the word open and it made me giggle. So open and fine. ready <laughs> like hot donuts. <laughs> I don't know what's happening. Doing we, a terrible job of holding space on this episode. Happen. 
today. We knew it. So we said also before the start that we wanted to talk a little bit. Um, it's a little about how there are similarities, and you touched on it a little bit between holding space in like birth, but also in like um, even in death. And so I know yeah. that a lot of birth workers go on to be like hospice nurses to hold that space because it's a very similar. Rolling. Um, I talked to a friend that we have about that because she does it, and I and I often say I think I want to transition to that. But there's death doulas and there's birth doulas, and I've also said that as well. And I actually said I think it would be easier because I think it would be easier just to to save space. Why are you laughing at me? (laughs) So what I was saying is that I I feel like it's easier to learn space to hold space in that situation just because you're not trying to steer anything in a certain way. So like if you're trying to hold space at a birth, um, you're also making sure mom is safe, making sure baby is safe, like making sure um, like that a bad outcome doesn't happen. Whereas if you're, if you're in a situation where you're helping to save space while someone's passing, it's like, you know that that's the eventuality. Right. You're trying to make them your, as comfortable your as goals possible. Are like peacefulness. Thanks. Yes. And so a lot of that like overlaps because if we could learn how to like promote that peacefulness and like while also trying to help get those good outcomes. But when it comes to the saving space part, like it would overlap so much. Yeah. There's definitely like a feeling of like just stepping back and letting things unfold. Like obviously the birth workers, we have a responsibility to step in and intervene when necessary. But when it's not that, that feeling of just like stepping back and letting things unfold is really similar. And it's so hard to learn. I know we've said that, but Kim, you were saying something before the episode about how it was really hard for you to learn that, like, because to just step back. Yeah. Yeah. Because we're taught to like fix things and Mm -hmm. do things. And, and then it's just personality in general. Most birth workers have a bigger personality. Like, I don't know why it's like EMTs, firefighters. Like we, we're all wanting to work in a place that where life and death are so close. And Mm -hmm. then birth workers, obviously, don't see death very often but it, it's just a very thin line so there's a certain personality that comes with birth work and mm-hmm. so I think those personalities it's hard to not make it about yourself yes I know a lot of birth workers that are super I mean I'm the same way I'm very outspoken mm-hmm. I'm very loud but I have learned to tone it down and not make it about me but a lot of people never learn that yeah. and you were saying that it there's times when it's harder too. And I know that we've had that conversation that we laugh about so often where it was like, I'm usually like, how about we don't do anything? Let's not check her. Let's do this. Let's give her a week. And then you were talking about the time where I had like three people in labor and and you were like, just check her. And I, I, so when we're, oh, I see what you're getting at. Yeah. That only took three prompts. So when we're feeling stressed Mm -hmm. or tired or something else is on our plate it can be a lot harder to do this. So it's like being intentional that even if we're stressed or tired or have other people in labor, Mm -hmm. like we need to try and be as intentional as possible to still not try to just. Yeah. Because holding space is, is essentially like stilling everything inside yourself. It doesn't matter what's going on. You might have a kid going through this or a partner going through that or a friend or whatever, but you can't focus on that. You can't hold space if your brain is attached to something else. So it's really hard to hold space when there's something else going on in your life. And birth workers are the prime example of providers that it doesn't matter what's going on in your life. You have to put it aside to help mm-hmm. one other person, you know, and it's which is so why self care is so important. So that, like, when you are called to go to a birth or attend a dying client or whatever's going on, sorry, by dying client, I was referring mostly to hospice nurses, but I mean, I hope so. All the way. Well, <laughs> also, I wanted to, I wanted to speak to a different thing you said too, but yeah, like that's why self care is so important. Like, thank God for you guys because I'm able to process basically on the spot whenever things are happening in life. And, like, when people don't have that, that's when it's harder to not let things into other people's births. Right. But, okay, so sorry. What I wanted to say earlier is I actually do feel like birth workers deal with a lot more loss and death than what people realize. Because Mm -hmm. miscarriages are so common, unfortunately. And more common 
recently. Oh yeah, there's been so many losses recently, and so it almost feels like I've been spending not equal amounts of time, but comparable amounts of time. Close to it. Yeah. These last couple of months, I think. Helping people with loss than Mm -hmm. with birth. Um, And so anyways, like I do wonder if that's part of the reason why hospice nurses and midwives do such a good job moving in between those two roles, not just because it's both about holding space, but also like you experience a lot of loss in birth as well. So yeah. And it can be really hard again, when we're not making it about ourselves to not carry over those losses into the next person's birth, Mm -hmm. because you can be at a loss one day and then have to the next day walk into a birth. That's not a loss. Um, And I found for myself, and I know that this happens for a lot of other providers too, that there are certain situations that if they've been through something that was scary for them, that if they see something that looks like that again, that it's really hard to stay grounded or like Karen Strange is like, keep your feet on the floor because it's like your brain is like, oh my gosh, is that thing happening again? So it's like also trying to be really intentional to not bring the sad story that happened yesterday into the happy right. story that's happening today um, and and recognizing when you have, because it is trauma, like trauma from something that happened, um, and really trying to work through that to be like t- to so that you don't get that panic feeling and you can keep a clear head um, at the next birth. I think that's really hard to do. And I think um, I mean, I would be I would say that almost every birth worker, especially outside, because we don't have that panic button, you know, mm-hmm. like we are that button. But if you have something traumatic happen, it's really hard not to have it in the back of your brain. Mm-hmm. at the next several births you know yep. or or even though like jen's birth which ended up being beautiful and she's amazing like you better believe every damn person got an ultrasound after that yeah. like for the next two months it's like you don't want what has happened to happen again so it's hard to bring that in but that's part of holding space like and people will say how do you do this all the time like after one birth you know like the dad is there Mm -hmm. and and he's or the grandmother or whatever and they're like that was so amazing how do you do this all the time and it's like i don't know i think birth workers are are crazy in some way or something weird kicks yeah (laughs) yeah because we are really living like uh, on the edge where like events that are once in a life or twice in a life or less than 10 times in a lifetime events for us are like daily events remind me i talked to the story that you're going to tell today for Mm -hmm. our birth story i talked to her husband about this very thing and that man needs to be like an emt or something because he is still like so excited (laughs) he stayed so chill so yeah um so it is time to go to our break but when we come back, um, we have two kind of, well, we have one definite birth story of the week and one kind of like just talking about holding space. Um, but yeah, so let's go to our break. Okay, Cue the music. <laughs> oh, yeah. So the sponsor for today's podcast is once again, our Patreon account. So what do you get for being one of our patrons? So today, we recorded some behind-the-scenes footage of us recording our podcast. Probably will get more than you could ever want from us, honestly. (laughs) Sometimes we do weird, crazy dance videos. Sometimes we roll in the snow in our bathing suits, because why not? Yeah, so basically the point of this is, is that we would love to have you as a patron of our podcast. If you become a patron, there are three different levels of monetary support, and each level gives you different perks. Um, So yeah, check out our Patreon account. It's www.patreon.com slash wineaboutbirth, and we would love to have you on the Wine About Birth Patreon team. Cheers. Cheers. Welcome back from that delightful break. So during the break, Meredith, you were talking about how holding space is actually, even though we're trying to keep what's happening in our lives outside of the space out of it, you were talking about how it also is a very vulnerable space for us. Mm-hmm. Um, and we're, we wanted to share a little bit of what's been happening in your life lately and how it's 
taught you things about holding space for the clients that we go to and yeah how, and how your experience is where we're, we're trying to keep our lives out of it but there are so many times where what we're going through should make its way into the space because yeah. it is helpful and it does tie everything together so yeah I guess maybe that's like a really big part of holding space too is like knowing when allowing a piece of yourself into other people's experience is going to like end up helping in that journey but um hold on I'm getting emotional already <laughs> oh I was gonna say where's the tissues oh, before um so it's been like a crazy couple weeks but the what we're referring to is there was like a crazy week where um you probably like I've referenced it a couple times my grandmother's been in hospice and been pretty sick for a while and so she did pass away a couple weeks ago and so she went really quickly and I got to be there for it and it was just like really beautiful like I got to hold space for her in her last moments and you know like honestly like while I was with her like I went into dual mode in a lot of ways you mm -hmm. know like I was like what touch would be comforting like what things can I say that would be comforting right now and so <laughs> I'm sorry you were that you were and you were telling us these crazy things she kept trying to do oh yeah and that was like, like in her like real big energy burst before the <laughs> calm chapter and you were like I'm just I'm trying to help her through it while also not being like you're not gonna fit through a six inch crack <laughs> she, like yeah she was trying to climb out of her hospital bed and I was getting really frustrated <laughs> I'm sorry. The slats in her no, hospital bed. Yeah, yes. like the like horizontal slats <laughs> in a hospital bed. She kept shoving her feet through in the middle of the night. It was such a mess. But, but I think that also goes to speak with sometimes we have to do that to women in transition and labor too. Because oh, yeah. Women in transition will say the stuff that is like completely off the wall. I'm water. walking Irrational. myself to the hospital. And so, yeah, it's like your baby's literally falling out. You can't walk to the hospital right now. But similar situation, <laughs> when you're not in that mindset, it can be easy just to laugh at someone. And I've done that before. If they say something super ridiculous and transition and you just laugh at them and then they're like don't laugh at me yeah and so it's knowing how to read the situation and so it sounds like with your grandma you like did from what you were telling us such an amazing job like thinking about her needs and talking about her past and the people she loved and trying to help make her passing more peaceful yeah and I do feel like like the work that we do helped me be prepared for that and also just like be able to be present in that space but like I, like I said earlier like I feel like for people who do this kind of work like it is really easy to slip into that space because there's something like really powerful about it so so yeah she passed away and it was really beautiful and really peaceful and then I had to leave like literally the next not the next day but the day after yeah, to go by like eight in the morning or something. I think I left at six oh. yeah to go stem do stint labor stem for that friend of mine whose birth story we just told the other day yeah. who was birthing at my house because she had to have her baby she was like 42 weeks and so it was which just I do want to say again which I think we said it in last week's episode but when you're doing um, birth work for a personal friend of yours it oh is gosh. so much harder to yeah, take your own lot. stuff out of it because they're more than just a client to you and it it is it yeah. can feel so much heavier but i have to say though like this was the first like step in this whole process of like learning what was appropriate to share and what wasn't because this friend of mine i think she'll feel comfortable with me sharing this we both have lost our moms so like and it was around the same time that my grandmother died as well so like we just had all these crazy overlaps right so like obviously i didn't want my friend to be involved in the fact that my grandmother passed away but she's like one of my main support people so of course she knew or you didn't want her to have to support you while she was right. also going through her own like labor and birth right but it ended up being so freaking beautiful and perfect because for her she and me as well like we felt so comforted knowing that my grandmama was on the other side like with cc her daughter to like help bring her into the world oh my gosh i can't i'm gonna get all and like she, and i don't so if you remember pretty. from her story she had that crazy story yes. with her water breaking of all of these like of her mother's hands and my grandmother's hands like pushing cc out into the world and that's when her water broke and there's just like so all these amazing crazy stories that overlap and if you like don't pay attention to those spaces and don't be vulnerable in those moments. You might miss those things that happen all the time, you know? And so anyways, like she, you know, there was like her, this birth was like so heavy, but also like so sweet and healing and like the world felt balanced, right? Mm -hmm. Like we lost my grandmama, but we got Cece and like 
it was just so perfect because my grandmama is totally the kind of person who would have wanted to help bring a baby into the world. Like she loved babies. She like hated laboring moms, but she <laughs> loved babies. <laughs> I'm like the opposite. I, I love get it. Laboring moms. And yeah. I yeah. Yes. Don't like babies. We never so agreed much. on that. She's like, because she birthed like a boss, so she was always like, "Those whiny women." I'm like, grandmama, like not everyone can pop a baby out in six hours like you, but. So anyways, like if I hadn't like been vulnerable and opened up about what was going on with my grandmama with my friend Liz and Matt, like CC's story would have been beautiful no matter what. But having the other layer to it was so meaningful. And then they stayed the night at our house when we had our sleepover. Mm-hmm. And the next morning I they went home and I went to go check on another client of mine who was about to go into her window. And when I got to her house, she told me she hadn't been feeling the baby move for a while and I couldn't find the heart tone. And so that same, the, you know, literally the next day after Cece was born, this family went to the hospital and found out that they lost their baby. And, um, yeah, like the same thing. Like I didn't want them to know that my grandmother had just passed away and that I had just like had a birth. I didn't want them to know that like somebody had just had a healthy baby in my home, like the day before, you know? And so like there was things that you just like don't want to bring into that space. But I have to say, um, I think the most important thing that we, like one of the things I brought to that, that I'm really thankful I did, which was super last minute. I was literally walking out the door was like, I brought some things for the baby, like a shrine. Like I brought an, you know, like the parents, like I didn't super know their spiritual beliefs. So there was no like real intent to it beyond just like intention. Yeah. And so I just brought like, um, a rebozo of that. I have that like a couple awesome midwives I know had blessed. And then, um, one of my grandmother's handkerchiefs and like a stone that our friend Alice gave us for, our wedding day like just like all these things that like were powerful all and the different transitions that of life yeah that were just yeah. going to support this mom through her transition and like I didn't even know if I was going to put it up you know what I mean like it was just I had the things if she wanted them and luckily she also had brought a picture of her sons too and so like we created this really beautiful little shrine and like you know I was so angry because I was like it's so imbalanced like my grandma left the world and Cece was born and like everything was balanced and then all of a sudden here's this like third being yeah that we lost that's like completely throwing off this balance and the mom like you know I shared that like this was my grandmother's handkerchief and she like you know I think she found also comfort in knowing that my grandmama was there to shepherd her child out too and you know it's just like all these like things like for like three days like these things were just like flowing between each other like so wildly um yeah and And I just feel like we would have missed a lot of things if we hadn't allowed ourselves to be vulnerable and create those safe spaces for like sharing each other's like loss but also joy and Mm -hmm. like grieving is such a strange thing that's another thing too it's like you know we're in this hospital room and like one minute we'd be sobbing and the next we'd be laughing hysterically and one minute we would be eating chick-fil-a and the next we'd be so like tired and distraught that we couldn't even think about eating food like it was just like you just have to like flow with whatever's happening in that space because grief is also very strange. And so I've dealt with and we're going to do a whole episode about loss, but I've dealt with um, I've not dealt with, but like been around other people who are having loss. And they were talking about how when they had like lost their babies and were ha- giving birth still, how you still go through all the same things a mom does when she's giving birth to a live baby. And so you still have like your birth high mm-hmm. and your hormones and you're so happy that you just gave birth. I don't know if that was a true for her, but then you also have this like deep sadness. So it's so basically the takeaway we're taking from your stories is it's like learning and it's only something you can do over time. What things we need to take from each birth and bring into another one and what things we need to leave behind that aren't going to be helpful. Well, also just like being not like be open to those spaces you're holding right because they can teach you so much yeah like I would say like that week was like probably one of the most transformative of my life and I don't even really know why yet but like just the fact that there were so many spaces in it to learn well, from or is, is wild and it's like would be a real shame for people to not take advantage of that I wonder if it just it sounds like that week you really got to see 
like the circle i mean it sounds so cliche but like the the circle of life is constantly going right and we usually only see one side of it several mm-hmm. times a month you know but yeah but it's just every minute of the day there are souls coming in souls going out and if you don't believe in souls there are people dying there are people being born it's just it's never ending it's non-stop and you just happen to find yourself like just right in the middle of it right right in the middle of it so there's so much power though in both of those transitions there's so much power so like yeah it's going to be transformative to you because you're getting the the power of the one going in and you're getting the power of the one going out and it's just so much the two most powerful things we experience in our lives all mixed together yeah at one time and of course with you being there it's like the most beautiful (laughs) possible experience that anyone could have there was definitely some bumps along the way that's yeah but but it's just so it it can be beautiful like it it can be it but also horrifying and sad Mm -hmm. and and it's so many things and yeah but i think it also speaks to that that's part of holding space is finding beauty no matter what's happening yeah like birth is hard labor is hard like just like our logo said sometimes it's more shit than giggles like and so it's finding the beauty in those spaces and and holding the space to make something that might not look beautiful beautiful um and never undervalue intention right like mm -hmm. even if it doesn't whatever you brought to a space whether it's a stone whether it's a handkerchief whether it's a story don't undervalue the intent like how much intention means because something really really small like that can make such a big difference as like a birth worker especially yeah for sure um why do you think i love prayer so much it makes such a big difference intentions are everything yeah (laughs) so almost almost everything almost everything so i feel like we had another story right do i have time for another one um yeah yeah i do maybe not okay (laughs) no shocking meredith made this really hard to transition from yeah i know how to transition you want me to do it transitions are never easy never easy but it is time to move on to our story of the week birth story of the week we're gonna transition to the birth story so i think that part of so we have these expectations that we were talking about in all of this, like expectations from our experiences we've already had. And what are we going to bring into a birth? And what are we not going to bring into a birth? And then sometimes all those things fly out the window. Literally out the car window. And so. You wanted to say that so bad. I wanted to so say that bad. so bad. <laughs> and so the birth story of the week that we have to share is really interesting to me because. To me, it wrapped up everything. It's about like, because we always want to be, I always want to be helpful to my clients and I always want to make sure that we help them as best we can. And we're using the experiences we have to do that. But sometimes those experiences just like don't mean anything. And so that's sometimes we just don't know anything. Yeah. And so that's what happened this week. So. Last week, we did our episode about primips. It brought me so much joy to be receiving these texts from you that you're like, I think she's going to go early. I think she's going to go <laughs> early. And I was like, hmm. Wait, I said that? Yeah. Yeah, about that was, it was a different client, I think. Yeah. But it honestly, just like adds, it like all leads up to the story too of just like us acting like every time I try to be like, they're going to oh. go quick. They're going to go early. You're like, mm-hmm. Actually, mm-hmm. no, it was mm-hmm. primip. It was the same client. It was and the she same was client. 38 and yeah. yeah. And you guys gave me so much shit. And then she's like texting this. I was like, you fucking hypocrite. Like, but, I literally, but, I know I was wrong, but I was doing the same thing. So this is where our egos coming into it. In my defense, all the things that I was saying were not going to happen actually happened. Yes. And all the things you said were going to happen didn't happen that's except true. for the fact that Liz was a badass. Yeah. Yes. That's In true. other words, I, that, you know what? If I was going to be right about one thing, I'd want to do the badass that's part. True. So that's it's true. fine. So, so in other words, you're completely wrong <laughs> i mean i literally never claimed so to know anything about we birth, just so. recorded last week our prime <laughs> episode and i feel like this keeps happening like every time we put something out there like the universe is like oh really let me show you all the ways you're wrong it's because of walter exactly. us humble. exactly so in the prime episode we talked about how primips go late <laughs> how primips births take longer forever 24 hours average <laughs> So, yeah. So, we had this primate client, and which, for the record, first-time mom. 
And she had been having some contractions for a couple days and doing the thing where she goes to sleep and they go away. And so I was like, I was like, I was texting you guys because I I have like a lot of clients right now. And there was another client that was having like some stuff Mm -hmm. happening. And she was also a first time mom who's not up to her due date yet. And I was like, all of our, all of our primips and everybody else have been going to 42 weeks. I have a lot of clients right now. Like, what are the chances that two of my primips are now having stuff happening before their due date? Like, what is happening right now? No, nothing. That's what I said. Nothing's happening. Nothing. Go to bed. (laughs) Kim was like, Kim said, it's not going to happen. Don't worry. I was like, all right. I just was stewing silently on the other end of the phone. Yeah. Calling you a hypocrite. Why would you listen to me? That's stupid. (laughs) And this was the day her birth happened that we were actually... So I so I went actually went out for a beer. I hadn't heard from anybody. I went out for a beer. I'm gonna put it out there. I'm sitting there having one beer. That's one. Yeah. It was actually I had a I had a consult and I had one beer and then I'm sitting there and I get a text message. Because Jess is that cool doula that does doula consults at a brewery because she's so much fun. Okay, so the person I was having a consult with literally lives next to the brewery, but I have been doing a lot of consults at the brewery every time I Every chance I get because it's just fun to me. But so she's texting me while I'm like halfway through my beer and they're like, so she's having contractions. Here's what her contractions look like. She's having some bleeding. It's bloody show. And I'm asking about the bloody show. And I'm like, hmm, that doesn't sound like early labor bloody show. No, it doesn't. And so they're sending me their contraction pattern. And I'm like, that doesn't sound like an early labor contraction pattern. <laughs> something's wrong something is not right something's very right so then i ask them well when did all this start and they tell me a time like an hour ago right so i'm like this is huh (laughs) huh i'm like well my brain is saying one thing and my brain is saying another thing it's not even my brain or my heart it was just like (laughs) and so then i ask them i'm like well does she feel like she needs more support no, she says she's fine. And I'm like, huh. okay. <laughs> That's not what women in transition say, so never mind. So it was that is that when you sent me a screenshot? No, I sent you a screenshot later. Okay. Because I was like, you know what? I'm going to go home. I'm going to try and take a nap because I have a feeling I'm going to be up all night. So I came home from the brewery. I laid down in bed. They were texting the whole time like, and her contractions are doing this now. Her contractions are doing that now. And I was like, and I sent them to Kim and Kim goes, well, this looks like a contraction pattern of a mom who's about to start pushing. I said, this is either horrible. What did I say? Either a horrible prodromal labor or she's about to push yeah. out a baby. And I was like, Kim, her contractions <laughs> literally started two hours ago and she's a primip who's 38 weeks. Like, what are the chances of that? Yeah. Well, better than we and thought. And so then There's I start asking sign. questions and I'm like. So, are you feeling any rectal pressure? She's okay. So then they told me that they're taking castor oil. So I was like, right? Maybe these are just like castor oil induced contractions that aren't doing anything. But the bloody show is like making me think. Well, I don't know. Maybe something's happening. But then they're saying, and so I said, "Are you feeling rectal pressure with the contractions?" And she texts me back. She goes, "Well, I'm literally shitting myself constantly. So yes." (laughs) And I was like. Well, is the well, rectal pressure going away after you take a dump or <laughs> is it staying? And so she's trying to follow all my advice from the primip episode where it's like, right. why don't you go lay on your side? She's like, sorry, I can't lie down. And try and take a nap. No, and she was really trying to do it because I had things. drilled it into her head. To, so they're like, we're going to go try and like take a nap. So they're laying down. I'm like, all right, go lay down, try and take a nap. And so she's laying down and I was like, okay, get up at some point. And go to the bathroom and see if you actually have to poop or if it's really just rectal pressure. And then they start saying, he's like, she's moaning and she's shaking. And I'm like, hmm. (laughs) Flag one, flag two. I was like, but (laughs) I think it's like flag seven at this point. (laughs) But I've also seen primips do that and they get there and they're one centimeter. So at this point, did you? Yeah, you sent me that text. So at that point, they left. They live kind of far away. So at this point, I was like. Please tell me as soon as she feels like she needs support. But also with what's happening, I don't feel like it's going to make any sense for me to drive to your house. Like, I'm thinking we're going to need to meet at the center. 
And so they're like, okay. And so I, I was like, you know what? With all this happening, I really feel like let's just call it. We'll go to the center. And so at this point, she had been having contractions for like two and a half hours, <coughs> 38 weeks, first time mom. <laughs> so we're like, decide to go to the center. And so I'm texting him what's happening. And she's like, do you feel like I should come? And I'm like, I don't know, Kim. This is breaking all, all the of the rules. I was and like, I, at that point, I had already like gotten up and I had texted Katie like, mm-hmm. I think I'm headed to the center. It's either going to be a baby or Nothing. not. Yeah. And I was like. <laughs> I was like, literally, if she lived closer, I, w- I would just be going to her house to check on her to see what was happening. But since she lives so far away, we're just going to meet there. So I get like a mile from my house and I'm like going through the drive through to get coffee because I'm like, I'm going to be awake all night. And I get a text from them that says her water just broke in the car. And I was like, <laughs> I forget. Did they have towels or anything in the car? I don't think so. Oh, drama bomb. And it was Alexis. It was Alexis. <laughs> and so I text Kim. And I call Kim and I was like. So <laughs> her water just broke in the car and she's like, I guess I'll head in then. And I was like, yeah, that's probably a good idea. And so and then I text and I'm like, OK, well, if anything happens and you feel like you need me, call me. Well, also, like, let's say she even starts pushing. Right. Usually a primate, they push for like yeah. a couple this hours. Has been, so yeah. it's been what? Just over three hours from her first from her first contraction. contraction. Yes. unheard of yes so at this point i'm getting in my car you're already in your car yes and so i get a call from them they call me and i hear her in the background <gasps> and he's like she's screaming a lot and says she can feel the baby's head and i'm like whoo <laughs> well that's unexpected <laughs> isn't that something <laughs> this is a plot twist <laughs> Let me um let me dial Kim in. So I'm like I'm on this call. I'm gonna get Kim in on the phone as I am now breaking Virginia law by holding my phone and calling. Could you people imagine getting stopped and having to explain that? Scenario? Trying to hold, like please. get on the interstate. Yeah. Hold please. Hold please. Also, I was having a little bit of adrenaline, and so like my foot's like on the. I was like, oh, my foot's shaking on the the gas pedal here. <laughs> so I was like, what is happening right now? So then you called me. So I call Kim on. We're on like a conference call, and she's like, "Hello," <laughs> and then she hears her in the background, ah! and she's like, "Ooh!" <laughs> so you didn't okay. realize when you answered your phone that you're going to be on a conference no. call. <laughs> but no. I did when I heard her voices. She was making. Listen, at one point, I almost said, "Jess, no, don't tell her that," because she was like doing everything so naturally, yeah. right? But then at the end. Her contract, like her voice, would naturally go up, mm-hmm. which I'm thinking, oh, good, oh, slowing it down. A yeah, she's bit. going At up. At some point along the way, she was like high pitched, though, like, right? And Aah! I was like, so in my mind, I'm thinking, as long as she's screaming, get that energy out through your mouth. That's fine. She's <laughs> clenching those cheeks, and that baby's not going to come out. So then Jess <laughs> waits for it. She waits for the in between. She goes, listen. Next time, we're going to do low sounds. And I'm like, why are we doing low sounds? Kim's like, or Or you could just keep screaming like a banshee because that's what's keeping your baby in. So we're on a conference call. We're both speeding down 81. It is pouring out. Pouring rain. Horrible, horrible. It's dark. It's like whatever time at night. And I'm like, this is how we're going to (laughs) die. This is how it's going to end and for so me. She was saying she could feel the baby's head. And so then it, we're like, listen, if the baby's head is on the outside of your vagina, you because they were still far from the center. It's like you need to pull over and just deliver the baby. And we'll talk you through it because we were even farther from them. Right. And then I tried to do the very calm. You can call 911. Yeah. They can come be with you. You can send them away. Yeah. And then I'm like, wait is the head can you like where's the baby because you know they'll say i can feel the head and the head will still be very far inside so then we thought to say put your fingers into your vagina and tell me where the head is and it was like okay okay it's still in there yeah keep going don't stop (laughs) don't stop now don't stop stop. get it get it (laughs) so this dad is staying cool as a cucumber so also they're really so young calm. they're pretty young right yes yeah. very young so calm i couldn't even believe it we're like all right just keep driving man he's one of those get shit you're done doing kind of great and then he's talking to her he's like you're doing great babe and we're like you're doing amazing and then at one point you were like hey how are you and he goes i'm great 
I'm I'm good. She's doing awesome. We are good. And I'm like, he is really good at this. <laughs> Too good at this. Has he done this before? <laughs> He's secretly a doula. I know. So then we like, so I got to the center first. I like run in. Everything's still on speakerphone. And so like I'm pulling down the, because the like the classroom is like right off the parking lot. The birth rooms are upstairs. So I'm preparing the birth room upstairs. I'm like preparing the, the room we never use downstairs. It has like a Murphy bed. And I'm giving her all these instructions and they can still hear. So I'm yeah. like, Jess, do this. Yeah. Jess, do that. Jess, do you have gloves? Jeff, could you get could you get the bag? And she's like, Yes, I'll run back upstairs. So I was just like, I was just like, up the stairs, down the stairs. She's like, I haven't stopped running in 30 minutes. Up down, up down, up down. This is great because the adrenaline rush that I got on the way here. And I'm the calves work so many calories. Mm, mm, mm. <laughs> so they literally pull into the driveway. We like go out to the car. We didn't think we were gonna be able to get her out of the no, car. No. No. And so like we get her out of the car. She walks in, she bends over the bed pushes out her baby within five minutes it was so crazy it was so amazing oh and and the baby had a nuchal arm that if that kid did not have a nuchal hand like the hand was coming out the baby would have been born in the car and i'm telling you he would have been fine with that he would have been totally <laughs> fine with it. He was videotaping while, while driving. driving. Oh, my in gosh. the rain. Like, He's I like, was, I've seen these YouTubes. I'm a boss. <laughs> is that how we're going to get famous? <laughs> what does he say? What, what does the guy say? We used to say, oh, oh uh, Gucci, Gucci baby. It's all Gucci, it's all baby. Gucci baby. <laughs> yes. So, but what was I going to say? when we were driving and she was laboring and you were on the phone and I was like I have to tell Katie what we're doing because I talked to her and I was like I'll let you know so I said I'm gonna hang up just call me back if you need me so I hung up I called Katie I'm like you should go to the center right now and then the phone rang right away and you're like need you like (laughs) okay hey are you back we're back okay and I'm like wow this is actually and then she went from Right after you called me, she went from her regular to, and I was like, oh, that was different. (laughs) And he goes, yep, that was different. I don't see the head, but that was different. Like, (laughs) it was so funny. I don't know how he didn't stop to pull over, honestly. He just kept going. No, thank goodness. Kept going. I know. So baby came out. Everything was Gucci, baby. Oh, Gucci. (laughs) She was like, so... When moms have birth, except for like, the mattress, yes, the mattress was not Gucci, baby. We, we fixed that. Um, <laughs> yes, and my mom had a class the next day. She's like, "I'm heading in for my class." I was like, oh, "I no. bet that Murphy bed is still down drying." <laughs> oh, was it? Yeah, yeah, because Katie was going back in. So the next she day. had to put it back up to do her class or whatever. And she's like, "Did that lady that was because I was at the brewery with my mom when she was texting? She's like, did you have your birth?'" And I was like, "Yes, it happened super fast. We had to do it in the classroom." And she's uh, like. Yeah, I saw that. <laughs> <laughs> Don't judge us. Yeah. Two birth workers with 15 years of experience and we can't tell when a mom's in transition. <laughs> Come on. Wait, can you not? Because now we're going to go rush to a mom and it's going to be like a 36 hour labor. Oh, I texted Kim that yesterday. I was like, now every single primate that's having contractions. going to go to 42 and I'm gonna, three. I'm going to be like, I'm going to be like. I'm coming to your house right now. <laughs> and I'm going to I'm going to be there for like 80 hours. And then you're not going to you're not going to stop for coffee and that's going to suck. I'll never ever stop for coffee again. <laughs> that's how I almost missed um Andrew's birth. That's right. And he's like, "Do not stop for coffee." <laughs> yep. Well, you, we expected it with her at least. I know. I was like, "Okay, I won't." So anyway, it was one of those things, you know, the moms are in the moment so like in it when yeah. it's happening because when you have a birth that's like three and a half hours long, it's like you there's no it's, there's no room to breathe you, no, it's just it's happening a, it's a freight and so train. then like the baby comes a out freight train and yes. then her face it's a freight and train so, like she took a and second then, and she finally picks up her baby and then her I, face is just like oh my god i, can't I believe that. that just happened i love those videos and moms like take a minute yeah and then they finally get the read like oh i did that oh it's here so and i We've had so many moms that have been verbalizing, I, I need a minute with yeah. this baby. Yeah. Like, when my baby comes, can you not? Because Throw them they, on right, because right And away. I've done it. I'm like, here, just take your baby. And I've had enough moms that say, please don't do that to me. My midwife did that last time. It was very overwhelming. So this time. Hey, that's holding space holding and acknowledging the space. importance of transition. Yes, I did. So when this kid came out, I could tell she was like in, you Deer know. in the headlights. First yes. of all, her, her husband was like, Oh, like yeah. a baby. Oh so I just God. held the baby there for a minute behind her. And I was like, Jess, 
can you hand me a towel? Because <laughs> I was trying to like, I was trying to birth assist and doula and, and video. Yeah, she was doing all the things. And I was like, I was like, <laughs> what do I do? So we just I need like, eight more arms. We just held the baby for it. It was a while. Yeah, it could have been a whole minute. And but so honestly, finally, I feel like moms with births that intense need an extra they minute. They need a minute they just but, need to breathe. Yeah. yeah. But when we passed her through, she looked down and still went, oh my god. <laughs> like, <laughs> like even after that whole minute of take a second. She goes, oh, my God. And then her baby. face, when she, like, first held the baby and looked over at her husband, it was just, like, the best face ever. Yeah. She oh, just, like, you caught so it, too. Sweet. Yeah. It's like, where did this kid come from? Yeah. So we told her that if she ever has another baby, she should probably never plan on please leaving her. Please don't leave your house. Home birth, please. Um, but I wanted to, like, throw in some of the ways that in situations like that, for the birth workers out there, not the people having babies, some of the ways that's difficult holding space is because... Oh, man. Like, I, I know for me, I felt completely useless in that situation. I was like, did I just give bad advice? Well, it's just like should pure I, adrenaline. Should I have listened to her sooner? Should I have told them to yes. come in sooner? <laughs> yes. But, y- yes, but at the <laughs> but same in like, time. But in like, we, and 99% of those opportunities, like, situations, we would go too soon. It would actually, yes. actually hurt, it their would hurt their journey birth journey. Because I honestly, it would slow it down properly. I honestly thought it was the castor oil also. Yeah, and how many texts did I send where I was like, this is making me think it's real. Real, yeah. And this is making me think it's not real. Right. Like, I don't know what to say right now. And then when she said, when they said she didn't need support, I'm like, yes. that's, what that's kind of mom doesn't say. need support? Yeah. The In one who labor. literally is just like riding on a train and no one can help her. And she's like, well, I didn't want to call you guys too soon. And so I'm like, <laughs> I'm like, I don't know what to think right now. But then even my mom, because I told my mom, because they had been clients of her. And she's like, yes, they had their baby. It happened like this. And she's like, oh, my God, I feel so bad. I always tell them if they head in at 411 that they'll make it with plenty of time. And <laughs> oh, I was like, never say number one, I don't agree with 411. Number two, her contractions started closer than 411, which is what we always say is probably prodromal labor. So in short, this is all Liz's fault. <laughs> That's my mom, my mom. No. All of it. So, But it's, it's hard to hold space in that situation because we are also having our ego in it. Like, am I saying the right things? Am I not saying the right things? Am right. I disregarding what a parent patient person is saying (laughs) it's so hard it is so hard in that situation it's so hard that she had said to me like just a couple days before i saw her for a prenatal and she goes oh i finally saw my first birth video so i'm good and i was like oh that's cool so she told me whose birth video she watched and i was like girl listen Mm, don't that's not how that that's not how that goes like she is was it another client of ours no 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 i was like you she she is she's Kim like she has her babies with Kim, so she was like other Kim the other Kim yeah so premiere but but Kim all Kim so she was mm-hmm. like yeah so I said that is not she that's not how that goes no, like don't no, don't even get your hopes up don't even that's just if you are the best birther in the world that's how that goes and yeah. then she turned around and did it and I was like okay and I'm only gonna watch those birth videos when I'm pregnant. <laughs> So the only way we got to hold space in that birth was by remaining calm while talking them through on speakerphone in the pouring rain on the interstate. Correct. And then even when we got there. And we, laughing about it with them afterwards. We did. Yeah. I was laughing. And, I, prote- and like giving her a second. I did. We gave her and that baby with hands were like <laughs> shot out. Yeah. But I laughed. It's funny because I watched the video and I was like, I laughed several times in this moment. <laughs> like, I just kept <laughs> laughing because I couldn't believe it sorry yeah <laughs> so you broke all the rules i broke all the rules <laughs> there oh, was no space no, she, holding she i would bet three thousand million dollars that they broke, don't give a shit she broke all the rules all the records she holds the title the best now ways. for all of my clients as the fa- fastest prime if that's ever given birth ever that's my client yeah so and he said um when when i went to see them at home for the visit i'm now i'm doing your finger thing yeah um I said, don't leave your house next time. He goes, no, we are totally leaving our house again. Like, that was awesome. And I was he's like, like, he's like, I'll just drive through the whole labor. He's like, you could skydive or you could drive in the rain to the birth center while your wife's having a baby on the oh floor my of the car. <laughs> do that. And then he was like, oh, that's what my sisters do. They're EMTs. And I was like, oh, it runs in your blood. Mm. He was digging 
every second of that. He so. did look a little bit white after the birth, after the adrenaline came down. <laughs> I was like, do you need sun or is that adrenaline coming down? I don't know, but you look paler than usual. You need some food? Do you need something? He's like, I'm great. I'm and great. Then, and then her sister brought the alcohol and he had a drink. It felt better. So yes. got some flesh in his cheeks. <laughs> yes. Cheers. That was amazing. So, Aww. yes. Holding space. How do we sum it up? <laughs> Just do it. Just good, do good it. Good luck. Basically, try and make it about the person who you are supporting and not about you mm-hmm. and trying to be, you know, you only learn with time how to bring in the things that you've learned in small ways to help them. But it always should be about supporting them, not about validating yourself. Mm-hmm. And it's just the little things sometimes can make such yes. a big difference. And if you need validation for yourself, don't get it from your client get it from your best friends i'm so glad i have you guys so thankful so that you can validate me and not the people that i'm trying to support i will validate you I validate we always the, validate her validate just, the hell out of you guys <laughs> we just put things in parentheses sometimes too you are such a good validator thank you such a good validator it's like a master validator. i'm a master validator <laughs> apparently just for you guys though <laughs> No, you're very good at validating moms. You just don't realize that you yeah, are. You don't take enough yeah. credit for it. Again, that's one of those things as we end up the episode where Kim, before she's in the rooms, be like, I'm going to walk in there and I'm going to be like, la, 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 this is what's happening. And I'm like, sure you are. And she walks there and she's like, hey, oh my gosh, guys, everything's so She talks such a big talk. Y'all, she's not fooling anyone. You all know. We don't need to do anything if you don't want to. We can do this if you want to. Totally up to you. If you want to. And Jesse just staring in the corner, standing in the corner, like glaring at her. And then I walk out. And then I walk out. I'm like, mic drop, bitches. (laughs) (laughs) I told you I was going to tell them what was up. I'm like, I'm so tough. That's not what you just did there. But yeah. Did you hear me tell them how it is? Uh, yeah, we heard it. Oh, we, we got heard you, it. Girl. Yes. That's, our, that's our, it. our, honestly, our holding space for you is making sure you always feel tough, no matter I'm what. I'm not tough. I just started crying like three separate times when you were telling the story about your grandmother. She's like a tiny little bulldog. <laughs> <laughs> it's not, not because i have a deviated septum and i breathe mouth breathe a lot she she's not really gonna hurt you but she will bark very loudly i will bark yes. a lot so we have to heels. end out this episode but for all of you birth workers out there hospice workers people supporting moms through births and losses like your badasses like what you do really matters it matters so much oh, so even much. when it doesn't feel like it matters oh we did not mention lost doulas do we want to do a shout out really quick to lost doulas just yeah so it is a thing like if you need a bereavement doula or a lost doula like they are a thing so please know there's a resource out there and there is yeah there's specialized doulas for people who are going through a loss they're called bereavement doulas me and kim have taken training in the your still birthday training that's what it's called right i think it was what it's called still birthday yeah Mm -hmm. um so yeah eat like and i feel like a lot of those people do fall through the cracks because if you lose your baby before you would have had time to like get a doula or whatever it's so so important so like finding like if if that's your story right now and that's happening you still have time to reach out and find bereavement doulas to support you through your loss Mm -hmm. um so sorry we can cheers i just wanted to yeah give a shout shout out out to that um and but all you moms out there giving birth doing your thing like you guys are the biggest badasses in the world, and uh, we love trying to learn how to better hold space for you all the time. Yeah, I just made that about me. But oh my, cheers! God. Cheers! Cheers! I'm thankful. So painful. I thought you said lost doulas. I'm like, 